0: back to this film not rated a branch of the music city drive-in podcast network uh where we like to talk about movies without rating them uh on this podcast we usually talk full spoilers but today we can't do that because what movie are we talking about curtis
1: The glass onion the new ryan johnson film that just came out and a sequel to knives out good
0: summary so what Curtis is about to do is go through our gauntlet, you know? Everyone insists sometimes that there's a truth, an automatic good or bad to a movie. So we're trying to prove people right and failing, which kind of proves people wrong. We're not talking about that. So, Curtis is going to go through 15 questions in this gauntlet. Oh and he is now going to have to not spoil this movie, because it's not out till December 23rd on Netflix. And he is going to have to... It had a one week run in theaters, that's why we're able to do this, and he is going to have mm-hmm. to not say anything that is subjective until he is buzzed out with our buzzer so um Curtis, goodness gracious, are you ready? No, I'm never ready. Okay, well, if you make it through the gauntlet, what prop do you would you like us to try to get? <sighs> And do not say a bottle of Jared Leto's kombucha.
1: That actually wasn't what I was thinking of. The napkin.
0: Hey man, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. all All Alright, Curtis. Glass Onion. Is it good or bad?
1: Well, Glass Onion is a movie that is uh, as most people would know, a whodunit. And it contains a lot of staples of the murder mystery genre so if you are a fan of that type of film uh i think you will uh appreciate this film for what it is
0: yeah cool all right hey what was the best scene in the movie
1: (laughs) okay uh oh
0: We've had this problem before where, like, with murder mysteries, where Mm -hmm. so many scenes, the reason that they have emotion in them is connected to other scenes.
1: Yeah. This is the thing. I, I have the scene in my head. I'm trying to figure out how to go around to justifying it. About halfway through the movie, you are under the impression that it is one thing. At about the halfway point, it, it cuts back, that the builds up on a character that we didn't know of. And once you get back to that initial parlor scene, it has a whole new meaning.
0: Like a whole new context? Yes. Okay. And it is good that it has a new context?
1: It has a new context, is all I'm going to say.
0: Because we're saying best scene, so... Right. There's a scene that you're able to revisit with a new context in one movie. Like, you're speaking to that as a positively connotated thing, but you're speaking objectively, so you're good. Okay. So, what needs to be cut out of the movie?
1: This may not not be cutting. This may be reordering, so I don't know if this will count. But there is... a a scene at at the very beginning when all the players are getting their box and you get this one shot of a box being torn apart that shot didn't need to be there at that time you get a uh dang it okay
0: fair fine Unless you can justify why it didn't need to be there using objective facts in sixty seconds,
1: uh, based on the reactions that you get at the at at the doc scene and everything leading up towards the middle part of the film, even without that shot being where where it is, you get the context of what that character is, uh, that why she is there is is an is an awkward thing.
0: So you feel like you don't need to understand anything... Yeah, this is still subjective, man. Yeah.
1: Okay, it's fine.
0: Because the idea is, you have everyone else speculating about her, and she's doing nothing. You only Mm -hmm. see how she feels through that one action up until a certain point.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, that's... The fact that I can give you a different subjective opinion is why I would let the buzz stand. Yeah, okay. But... 3 out of 15, that's a fifth of the way there. So, yes. Um. boom. Let's get the hell out of that. It's,
1: okay. Because
0: it is now just more about trying to speak to how people should, in fact, see this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it is good and <laughs> that I have my issues with it. Mm-hmm. And somehow do this without spoilers because we're so used to talking okay. spoilers. Yeah. So, what made you want to watch it?
1: Well, it's a Knives Out sequel written and directed by Ryan Johnson. I am a big fan of the first Knives Out, which we reviewed here earlier. And mm. I, I one one of the things that I said was it held up surprisingly well, which is something that I wasn't expecting. So, I was very excited to go back and revisit uh, the uh, the visitor the the character of. Uh, Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig. I really like him in this role. Uh, he plays a fairly different role than I've... He, he, it, it's a different role than I've seen him play in other films. Uh, mm. ar- arguably similar to uh, his character from uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, just played a lot more comically. Uh, you know what? There are a, l- a
0: few shades of, of... of him. Uh-huh. Just, just, he's, he's the sort of innocent in a scenario of dark. Yes. And all he is doing, all he can do is find facts and he can make no promises in that movie. Mm -hmm. And that's a very similar setup to how his character is in here. You know, there's this suggestion that he's not Batman. He can't, you know, (laughs) take vengeance or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that is... That is uh There are a lot of pieces that are surprisingly coming to my brain connecting the girl with the dragon tattoo in this. Mm-hmm. If you think about, if you think about Elizabeth Salander and a character in this movie.
1: Something that I did get from Glass Onion that I didn't get from Knives Out that I'm happy that I got was I got a little bit more characterization from Benoit Blanc, uh. Where in nine not not in where nine knives out he's very much a. A secondary character kind of like a driving force for the story and as i said at the beginning this well, i don't think i said it in this one he's the central focus for like half the film until you get to a jump back at some point in the film
0: yeah that part at least i i want to say uh so this is like a mild mild spoiler mm-hmm. there my my biggest gripe with this movie i wanted to watch it for the same reasons there's no point in me retreading you know yeah uh, Knives Out was a huge surprise and it's fantastic layering of story and character work. But in this one, there's a big thorn in my side um, Uh where basically after about 30 to 40 minutes of movie, Uh you have to pause and then rewatch the movie. You just watched on fast forward, trying to keep up with it as best you can to Uh get a new context to it because you know, something you didn't know. Right. And that lasts for another like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. So there's like halfway through the movie, you have to go, Oh, and this and Oh, and this and Oh, and that's why she did that. And Oh, and that's why that happened.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: I, there what there was, I I don't see the point in that. I understand that there are supposed to be twists and turns, but the idea is, the idea is very clear in a behind the scenes section in knives out that, um, we see the story from a, a main character, Marta. Mm -hmm. It's her story. And like you said, in this movie, what they do is they hide Marta. Yes. And then you have to watch Marta's story. It's like if, if, if in knives out, you had just watched Benoit Blanc be the main character interviewing everyone. Mm -hmm. And then after, um, the reading of the will, Uh You flash back and rewatch all the night's events and everything. Just to get little snippets of what Marta was doing. Right. It's like that, that to me, it was almost anxiety provoking, to be honest. Like,
1: yeah, I I can see that. Uh, First, not, 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 uh, not nice out. I I, I think, uh, like you said, it's paced a little bit better. It's spread out throughout the film. So you get to see things as they're unfolding and it's not unfolding all at the same time. Just so the audience can get caught up with what they're seeing.
0: Well, there's even there's even at least one little moment where Edward Norton, um, talks about the the him and his team of people, mm-hmm. how uh sometimes you have to take risks, and even when your partner, when you have a partnership, and that person is holding you back, sometimes you have to, you know, take a risk. Yeah. And there's a sort of double meaning to that because of who he's referring to with his partner. But uh-huh. there would be a thicker context to that. Thicker. You like that word? Thick. <laughs> Sorry. Um. There'd be a bigger, like a, a thicker context to that in the <laughs> sense that Benoit Blanc would have a partner operating. Uh-huh. And if you think about who that is and how much of that interaction would be, if you knew that both of them knew who they were referring to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's so much of a weightier line. Yeah. And you have to watch that zip by in two seconds in passing and not even think about the original context, only focused on the new context. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I I feel like it was a little, a little showy and a little... inconsiderate uh, of the audience to assume you have to go back and do all of this and not just do it in the first place and tell your story like it was happening. Right. Anyways, that's the thing the, the the work is here. The stuff mm-hmm. I love, the characters spectacular, like mm-hmm. I, I the groundwork, what the mystery is, the payoffs to all of these setups. If something in there looks to you like it's weird or funky, it is weird or funky. Like you can trust your instincts and you're still mm-hmm. going to be surprised. Loved it.
1: Yeah uh this one uh with with glass uh, on on onion though know, I, I the characters almost took a step back in being a little bit more caricatured than they were in the first one like the like I think of uh i s- i said this last time with privatized and all the suspects in, in there where they're all kind of like a stereotype or an exaggeration of a certain character or ethnic group uh these are similar to that but it, it's not ethnic groups it's political standing or business or something along it, it's something like personal that's mm-hmm. exaggerated to an unreasonable uh extent to to, to give it yeah more comedy disappointingly
0: pointingly and... too close to being reasonable but that's more the world's fault than ryan johnson's fault
1: <laughs> right uh which uh again a star-studded cast uh I, I I kind of laughed out loud once once I once once I knew what kind of character that uh, Day Patista was was playing because it's a character I've seen on YouTube countless times from countless channels. Uh same thing with the politician. She's just any old politician that you could pick out of a lineup. Nothing special. Uh it, it's it's it it and a it, it's a very
0: particular just... agenda, political agenda.
1: Yes. Um... And
0: but that's the thing; they're all tied.
1: Yeah, kind of like in in the first nipples. knives out.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but that's but non spoiler way of saying something. <laughs>
1: right, but also like kind of like in the first knives out, where the family is of different political orientations, Trainings, but they're all yeah. yeah, but they're all different levels of bad. Same thing with these characters. And they're
0: all characters. friends. And
1: they're all friends. Yeah, I think it's interesting that in
0: both of these movies. You have all of them who are willing to defend one another despite their activities right. in the face of some sort of threat or opposition. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if it makes them douchebags for considering that other threat <sighs> and opposition. Yeah, like uh, you know, I don't know. I really like that.
1: Yeah, so. Leslie
0: Odom Jr. really surprised me with this. Okay, um, I really liked. I I I feel like he was accessible as a human and Uh i feel like his motives were clear and then they didn't really do a lot with him so it's like a a lot of the work comes from him that makes it feel like he's memorable and someone to pay attention to i think he's a very thoughtful he comes across as a very thoughtful character and i really i really liked kind of i I just like what he did Uh and the characters who like Catherine hahn Oh, they, they, they sort of dressed her up by dressing her down. Mm-hmm. Having her character be like, I'm on vacation. I'm not putting all that makeup on. I'm not doing all this with my hair and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, they definitely had to, like, dress her particularly in order to get her to to have that sort of vibe. Yeah. And you just... it. There's something about her performance that makes her feel like she's coming apart at the seams. And it's so perfect. Yeah. Like... Yeah, and I then, think yeah. the uh, the hardest one that our friend talked about was... um. Dave Batista, who has to play that role and you mm-hmm. can tell what he's trying to be, but you yeah. can also tell that he is a performer. Like our friend said, does mm-hmm. not want to be associated with that kind of person in real life and You're perhaps right. wanted to satire, satire him, but was worried that he would be typecast or something because mm-hmm. he plays the character with just a little too much vulnerability and sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Where I think someone else would be a little more immature about it.
1: Right. And then uh yeah. see, do I have any gripes with this movie? I don't know. I I guess kinda like with you with the with the random cut flashing back to the very beginning, getting caught up with that. Uh,
0: now there's a there's another cut, like there's a I want them to at one point in the movie have some sure. big event happen that they don't cut to and come back and explain until later, but there's no way we can talk about that.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, then I, I don't, I, it's, it's going to be hard to talk about Ed, uh, Edwin Norton's character without spoiling this. Cause I really like his character and well, like I how, don't,
0: I don't think so. I think, I think his. I think what we can say about him is that his character is set up to be like, a certain type of eccentric movie character that you've seen you know he's set right. up to be i have a lot of money and wealth you know right. and to to not spoil you know what happens with him
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you, they start to pick out the truth about him it feels very real that you've been on this experience and been like oh mm-hmm. yeah
1: yep son of a and... bitch like yep <laughs> And for for all you Magnolia fans out there, there's a certain scene that you will notice pretty quickly.
0: Well, I want to I want to know, and that's another thing we can't totally explain why.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: like like I want to know where all of his costumes come from.
1: Right. Same. I
0: want to know. I want to list Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson. <laughs> I want to list. It's it should be a bonus feature, just like it should be of the costumes one after another. Hmm. And with a little note, right, <laughs> of where they come from. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh yep. But no, is there? Oh God. Uh, but uh, this is one I'm gonna. I'm, I'm definitely gonna be looking forward to seeing again. I, I think this is gonna hold up pretty well on on a second viewing. Uh, especially because the characters are uh, like, well, one I like the character writing, and I like being around those characters I like laughing at them I like laughing with them
0: I think there's just enough in there that this still feels like a fun murder mystery while Mm -hmm. it gives you a little bit of that imagining being at the beach breeze kind of energy right you know everybody around the pool and like all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and everyone there is taking a vacation from the stresses of life and you see whether that follows them or not and that's that's a thing too yeah so I don't know
1: yeah uh i don't think there's i don't know if there's anything well, else what that would I make say. you
0: watch it again
1: uh well it, being a ryan johnson who'd done it the first one held held up surprisingly well on a rewatch i'm thinking this will do the same thing like i said before i'm excited to go back and see 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 these characters i especially want to go back and watch edward norton's
0: I, I look forward to just watching this again
1: yeah. and
0: who knows, maybe one day we'll spotlight the two of them as a double feature, yeah. or we'll talk about this again when the next Knives Out Mystery slash Ryan Johnson It comes out and <laughs> we'll talk about all the things we couldn't talk about.
1: Yeah, for Glass that, sound, Onion. that sounds good to me. But hey. So.
0: We are This Film Not Rated. Again, we are a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network where you can go to find the Debbie Delight, a couple of other podcasts, and find things that you're interested in. We are really close to having one of our podcasts, uh, you know, have ads and be able to find, you know, some success. So if you listen to this, tell a friend about it. See if they like it. Just help us push towards our goals a little bit, a little over the edge there. And Mm -hmm. um uh we appreciate you all for listening, and I'm Eric, you can find me at high contrast alpha. LM.
1: And I'm Curtis, you can find me at uh 90s Gamer407 and on Twitch at uh Merrick underscoretainment.
0: And but... Okay, so here are the spoilers. <laughs>